This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheiman, brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is where you are listening to the Midlife Mail podcast. I just want to say thank you. I am grateful, I am appreciative, and I'm humbled for the audience that we are building and for all of your support. I am Greg Scheinman. Let's get into it today. Jim Donnelly. This was a lot of fun to do, learned a lot. You guys know out there that I am really into recovery, feeling better, working on my fitness, my health, my wellness, my body as I've aged now at 46 years old. Recovery has been a major priority to me. I spend more time, energy, and probably money on recovery than I certainly do on my workouts. So it's really cool to have Jim here today as the founder and CEO of Restore College Therapy. A little bit about Jim, a former college athlete, continues to push himself with a variety of fitness challenges. He is the consummate entrepreneur. He co-founded iguugo.com, winner of a Webby Award as the top travel website in the United States. And since that time, Jim has worked almost exclusively in the luxury retail market as a builder of high-end luxury condos for homeowners, including, here's some names you know, Michael Jordan, Cam Newton, and Chris Daughtry. He's done salons, spas, and prestigious health clubs, including the Charlotte Athletic Club. But let's talk about Restore. Launched in Austin, Texas, Restore is expanding across the U.S. and is now the leading provider of hyper-wellness services in the United States. What's hyper-wellness? Well, it's a phrase that these guys coined, and it talks about their approach, a lifestyle that they believe improves the lives of their customers, of which I am one. Hyper-wellness modalities include cryotherapy, localized and whole body, IV drip therapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, infrared saunas, which I think are going to be the new big trend in recovery over the next few years. Compression therapy, you guys know I'm big fans of that. I got my Normatec boots at home also. Working in concert, these services help to increase the overall performance of the body. I'm 46 years old. If you listen to the show, you know anything about me. I'm all about looking for sustainability, longevity-based programming in my workouts. I'm spending more time on my recovery than I even am on my workouts. It's super, super important. None of this matters if you don't feel good. If you're not able to get up, do it again. Be excited to do it again. And I want my body and my mind feeling as good as it possibly can be. So this stuff is cool to me. It's really interesting. And we're going to get into it. Jim is married to his beautiful wife. He's got two wonderful children. They are courageous and kind. He's looking at a life of adventure, entrepreneurship, good friends, and family. His dad, also a huge University of Michigan Wolverine fans. Go Blue, shout out to the Wolverines. My alma mater. We didn't know that going in, but we chatted a lot about UM, going to those games and those experiences that you have between a father and a son that you can share. It was really moving, and I appreciate him being open and vulnerable and sharing that with me. With that, let's get into the story 
Restore Cryotherapy, Jim Donnelly on the Midwife Mail podcast today. All right, so Jim, I'm kind of a amateur hacker of, of, of my body and super interested in all things recovery. So I wanted to start out with what do you think are the hot trends in recovery or the things that guys like me should be doing to take care yeah. of their bodies? So for me, it's a, it's a slightly more complicated answer than when we started. When we started, we were very much a cryotherapy place. I love cryotherapy. Anybody that trains, anybody that has a chronic condition, cryotherapy is a default modality that it's unambiguously good for you. It helps with recovery. It helps reduce inflammation. You could talk for hours about why that is important and why that is a good thing. Um, over time, we've become more sophisticated and found that layering a variety of different things is much more interesting. So, for instance, if you do hyperbaric oxygen therapy, it accentuates everything else that you do. So starting with something like that makes everything else work a little bit better. Um, we love the IV therapy. The IV therapy is obviously a lot about hydration, but the vast majority of people walk around, 70% of the population walks around in a severely dehydrated state. Um, and most of the people that are walking around think they're getting more micronutrients than they really are. And a lot of them are, are not absorbing what they need to absorb, so they have no idea. So getting tested and then doing IV therapy with the right micronutrients is important. And then you get into some other stuff that's harder to explain, like photobiomodulation, which is a really cool light therapy. So it's sort of like photosynthesis for your body in layman's terms. There's all kinds of wonderful things that flow from that. There's all kinds of beauty benefits in terms of your skin. There's all kinds of benefits around, you know, mitochondrial health, um, health um, oxi reduction of oxidative stress. So for me, it's about trying as many things as possible. Try hyperbaric therapy. Try um, cryotherapy. Try IV therapy. Try photobiomodulation, um, compression therapy, you name it. And then you'll pretty quickly, if you take an experimental approach to it, figure out what really makes an impact. So try one thing, then try two things. Kind of pay attention, write notes in a journal and do your own little body hacking experience. So our customers are sort of the classic amateur body hacker, um, mm -hmm. all the way up to the hardcore, hey, can you take it a little farther? What else do you have for me? Yeah, I, and, and I've tried a lot of it. There's several of the things that you mentioned that I have not tried yet, and I'm certainly <laughs> looking forward to. But between the, I guess, the athlete or or even somebody like, like myself who trains like an athlete or tries to train like an athlete um, versus the the everyday person who maybe doesn't but is sitting like at our firm we've yeah. got the majority of our yeah. of our employees and our team you know sitting sitting all day and unfortunately mm -hmm. you know more sedentary the benefits for maybe it's not the right word but like those who are not training you know hard all the mm -hmm. time but just living in general, um, yep. what do you suggest or recommend? You know those individuals do, or I guess kind of that balance. You know, because there's yeah. time and there's budget and there's you yeah. know what do we, what do we need? And I look at this and I go, there's tremendous benefit, obviously, for somebody like me. 
I found yeah. certain things I like. But I also feel like from a corporate culture standpoint, there's yeah. a lot that we could be doing for our people also yeah. to make them feel a lot better. Yeah, so there are some just foundational issues that every human faces. So, for instance, managing your inflammation, managing your oxidative stress, managing your mitochondrial health. Those are things that don't just apply to athletes, they apply to everybody. And truth be told, the folks that are a little less sedentary and not doing some of the other fitness-related things, they have an even greater need for it. And then you overlay some really crazy stats around chronic conditions. Um, you know, 20% of the population has rheumatoid arthritis or some form of a serious arthritis. Um, $120 million is spent on back pain alone in this country. So you can really start to segment these specific groups that are sitting at a desk that can't get out and exercise because their back hurts too much. They don't walk as much as they used to because their knee hurts too much. Mm -hmm. Their fibromyalgia kind of suffocates their urge to get out and not just exercise, but get out and do the things that make them them. And when you start to suck away the urge to first exercise and then do the fun, interesting things that require movement that make you the interesting person that you are, you kind of suck the life out of a culture, out of an office, out of a home, out of a marriage. And that's what we're more excited about than helping an athlete um, shave you know, a few minutes off of their marathon time. That's great. And we see world-class athletes. We see professional athletes. We service a variety of professional teams. It's awesome. It's straight line. You see the results. But it's honestly, it's, you know, I'll give you an example of a story. One of our customers came in and she says, you saved our marriage. And I was like, how the heck did we save your marriage? He said, well, my husband had a bad back and a bad knee. He literally was sitting around watching cable news for hours at a time, becoming a cranky old bastard. And he started to come to cryotherapy. Suddenly he didn't hurt quite as much. Suddenly we did our walk around the lake that we used to do 20 years ago. We're communicating again. We've taken a trip that was fairly active. So we've reconnected. And to be quite frank, if we hadn't reconnected, we were either going to be miserably married or divorced pretty soon. So that kind of stuff is really pretty cool. How did you get into this in the first place? I mean, clearly you've got yeah. a passion for it. I mean, yeah. you're throwing stats out. There are yeah. lots of words I don't understand. You know, yeah. Yeah. But how did you first get into this and say, not only do I want to, to do it and appreciate and learn about it, but yeah. I want to turn this into a business yeah. also? So a few things. Um, for perspective, I've been a consummate entrepreneur for a long time. I started my first company when I was 20. You know, won lots of awards, had successful exits, had failures. Um, so just generally speaking, the entrepreneurial path is sort of ingrained. Then on top of that, I, my life philosophy is I want to solve problems. And I typically want to solve problems that have something to do with my life. So I've started a travel company that was successful. I started a kid's social network when I had young kids. Um, this is very personal to me because I once was a very high-level athlete. My wife was a high-level athlete. I played football at a, a big university. My wife ran track at West Point. 
Um, I'm now about to be 50 years old. My body hurts. Um, I've got joint issues if I don't manage it successfully. So I was constantly looking for things on a personal level. On top of that, I also own some really nice health clubs. So I had a lot of customers and a lot of our professional athletes constantly peppering me with what's next, what's new, what can we add to this. So when you put all that in a blender, I was predisposed to looking for new things. And when I went out to try these modalities, I immediately loved the results they gave me, but I hated everything else about the way they were being delivered. I hated the environments they were being delivered in. I hated the lack of transparency. I hated the lack of knowledge. I hated the price point. Um, they were simply too expensive. So unless you were you know, fabulously wealthy, you had a hard time justifying it. So either you didn't do it or you didn't do it with a frequency that made it particularly effective. Mm -hmm. So for me, I used to walk around in pretty steady pain. And I use the analogy of the person who lives in New York and goes on vacation. They go on vacation and it's so quiet they can't sleep. Well, I was used to the pain. That was my normal, my, 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 just my state of how I lived. When I got rid of the pain from doing these things, cryotherapy being the first thing, um, it actually was disconcerting for me. Like I could feel the lack of pain and it kind of threw me off for a little bit. My new normal is now a pain-free existence. So I can do things that I used to not do. I can play with my kids at a higher level. I still get hurt. I still feel pain. But <laughs> yeah, but I get, I have, I know that it's, you know, I take my dad as an even better example. He's 75, pretty broken down, lots of surgeries. He had to give up golf because the value equation didn't work for him anymore. It was no longer worth the amount of pain to go play. Now he still has pain when he plays, but he knows what he's going to do after to mitigate that pain. So he's changed the value equation back to where he can play. Same with me. I can go mm -hmm. work out and do things now that five years ago, quite frankly, I'm not going to go do that because my yeah. knee and my ankle and I'm just not going to, it's not worth it. I think the list, you, you hit the nail on the head. Certainly the list of, of aches and pains or just collateral damage from years and years of of training or just living in general, yeah. it starts to it starts to take its toll. Um, and we were talking offline a little bit that I joke now that more of my money and my budget goes and my mm -hmm. thinking even mm -hmm. at a time goes towards recovery yeah. than it does towards the actual workouts themselves. Yeah. You know, the workouts have gotten shorter. Um, the warm ups have gotten longer. Yeah. The cool downs have gotten longer. Yeah. The thought process around scheduling recovery yeah. uh, that's the top of mind I'm scheduling the recovery yeah. more than I'm even and then scheduling the workouts backing yeah. into those with the amount of time I need to rest or recover yeah. uh, and it's been a total total game changer on that yeah. too I mean even traveling here for the day I pack my bag and my hypervolt is in there, mm -hmm. my power dot is in there. If I mm -hmm. could take the Normatec, I probably would have you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in there too. But there are certain things that you know that I can't that I can't yeah. get that I have to go elsewhere where yeah. for and see benefit. But it really does make a difference and I think dispelling that notion that it's only for people that are quote unquote either competitive yeah. or training hard. I think that's that's the big message. That yeah. if you're starting to feel better overall you're, yeah. also, you're just gonna start to do more you know yeah. in, in general so if 
couple of good things. Number one, here in the Restore environment, you get to do all kinds of things after this podcast. So we're going to put you in cryo. We're going to do all that. So you're going to feel good after you leave today. Two, my biggest regret is not paying attention to the recovery part of it sooner. If you'd asked me when I was 25 years old if I was going to pay somebody for assisted stretching, I would have looked at you like you had three heads. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, it's one of my favorite things to do in life. And it's not just the stretching part. It forces me to reflect and focus on that activity. I don't have my phone. I mean, I could, there's lots of layers and nuance to why some of these things work. There's the modality itself. Mm -hmm. There's setting aside the time where you can actually reflect on things and have to be focused. but these things make you feel fantastic. And man, I wish I had done more of it because those yeah. aches and pains you just talked about, mm-hmm. I might have a few less of them to- if I had total- taken better care of myself. Totally agree. But it's hard, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, I'll tell you from experience, you have your experiences and, and I've got mine. One, training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You push yourself hard for a while and you wanna go up against even the younger guys yeah. and yeah. you've all tried different stuff. And I just remember going, you're going super, super hard in these CrossFit classes and trying to hang with these yeah, young ones, yeah. and your body used used to respond. You know, yeah. recovery. You could go out and do all kinds of stuff. You used to mm-hmm. be able to go out and drink and work out yeah. the next day. You used to be able, yeah. all this shit that you can't do, you know, yeah, in, yeah. anymore. But it's it's hard to think about the recovery or the stretching, you know, back then. But as yeah. you mature, but I'll tell you, from a business standpoint, also, um, and I want to get your your take on this particularly with things like mobility, assisted stretching, and you've got facilities that are now devoted directly to that. But, you know, I opened up a studio, a fitness studio, five years ago. And one of the big things that we really wanted to do was to, you know, avoid impact, for the most part, try to promote longevity, sustainability. We put mobility in the front end of of the class, foam rolling, you know, yeah. different type of, of fascial release, all kinds of stuff at the beginning, and then built it into the end of the class yeah. too. And let me tell you, it's a hard sell. Yeah. Because when people come in and they're used to pay, you know, they pay, all they want to do is, is work, yeah. work, work, yeah. work, work. But when you're trying to talk to them about feeling better and moving a little bit better and yeah. warming up properly and rolling over this lacrosse yeah. ball or this foam yeah. roller yeah. or this other stuff, it's a hard sell because it doesn't have the maybe energy or, or perceived yeah. energy or results that I'm yeah. just going to look better and I'm going to sweat and yeah, I paid you yeah, 35 yeah. bucks for the class mm-hmm. so I want you to kill me. I want my yeah, money's yeah. worth, you know, yeah. for, for the hour. And we struggled with that a lot. Even, you know, yeah. the science would say, do this before the workouts. Do this mm-hmm. after the workouts. Build mm-hmm. that in. The, the client, you know, it's tough to educate the client. Yeah. Well, I, w- I will say that we don't, put anything out there without considering sort of the place the world is and the macro environment. And the reality Mm -hmm. of it is people don't take the time to do things that are good for them in many instances. We could all be a little healthier, but we did try to create a construct for what we call hyper-wellness. Hyper-wellness is our thing. And the number one critical component of hyper-wellness is that you feel better immediately. So when our customer walks in the door, they feel one way. When they walk out, they feel another way. And that's a pretty powerful construct. What's harder is when you have a modality where it's, trust me, keep doing it. 
You'll get there. You'll mm-hmm. feel better at some point. Yeah, test, retest, test, test retest, retest, retest. Mm-hmm. That does not work as well in our society, unless you're someone that has a very specific reason for doing it, a professional athlete, someone that's got a specific condition. Yeah. We don't operate in that world. We don't have the luxury of saying to our customers, trust us, keep doing it, keep doing it. It's going to hit you at some point. We want you to walk in the door feeling one way and walk out feeling better. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing we recognize is uh, there are certainly benefits to some of these longer modalities, but the reality of it is people don't have the time or want to take the time. So several of our modalities are three minutes, five minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, You can literally stack three or four modalities in a 25-minute sort of session done the right way, and you get tons of benefit tons of bang for your buck and you walk out like i said feeling like a million bucks yep which is which is key i compare a lot of this or have compared it budgetarily right or wrong to massage and yeah it's expensive also yeah mm-hmm. how often was i getting massaged or worked yep. on or whether it was muscle activation technique whether it was yep chiropractic or whether mm-hmm. it was just booking a massage at a spa yeah. and the amount of money that, that that would cost and how yeah. often I was doing it. And I would compare it to and how I felt going into, yeah. let me go do cryo, let me put Normatech on, mm-hmm. let me get somebody most more to yeah. actually stretch me out yeah. In, yeah. in there too because that's usually the thing that falls by the way, by yeah, the wayside. Yeah. If you got that choice, yeah. I got thirty minutes. I got to get my workout in, or I should just probably stretch yeah. today because I feel like crap. Yeah. Well, what do most of us idiots do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We do the, the push the, more the weight. Workout. Yes, right. Let's go Let push go some weight. Yeah. But I would compare that value, um, mm-hmm. you know, from the from the massage aspect of things in there to what I was able to get, you know, recovery wise and how I felt. Um, and I guess it kind of surprised me at the time that I thought, again, to your point, I could get more bang for my buck. I was feeling better yeah. you know, overall. Um, and I was able to experiment a little yeah. bit more with what worked and maybe what I felt and, yeah. what, and what didn't. Yilson, there's nothing. A good massage is a great thing. Like, I love it. I enjoy it. But quite frankly, I don't have the time to devote to it as often as I should and would like. And so I've had to, for just personal defense you can't be the perfect husband, the perfect entrepreneur, the perfect, you know, athlete, the perfect, you know, father. You just at some point you have to make some choices. And yep. and for me, I created a hierarchy. Massage is part of that hierarchy, but it it became something that was a little lower on the on the on the scale for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, it, it took more time. Number two, it costs more money. Number three, the the like hardcore efficacy of it, I questioned relative to some of the other things that I could do. And I think everybody has to do that same sort of exercise. Mm-hmm. We don't ever knock things. Like I don't tell people, hey, you shouldn't do massage. You should do this sort of thing. I, I tell people you should go through the same type of mental exercise and you should pick the things that do provide you a variety of benefits um, and then go find the best place to do it. And one of the things that we do to take some of the edge off of that is, once again, this whole democratization of wellness. We, we try to take the price point out of it as, as a big obstacle. Mm-hmm. We want to be the most affordable, accessible place for these modalities in the world. And so 
you can kind of chip away at some of the obstacles, some of the reasons that people don't do it as often. You can help people work through that hierarchy. You can help people make choices. But, uh, you know, we don't go around knocking other things. Acupuncture is an example. We'll never do acupuncture here. But I don't knock acupuncture. Mm-hmm. If acupuncture is your thing and it makes you yeah. feel good, go do acupuncture. Yeah. Um, but we, we do help you kind of fit those things into the bigger picture. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I do some of this with my wife. So part of that example earlier, you can't be a great husband and a great this and that. And well, I can bring my wife here and I can bring my friends here and I can do it. And I'm doing it in a social, transparent environment. So I can actually check a couple of boxes for yeah. things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You can't check that. You can't maybe with your wife. It's hard to check that box with your friends yeah, at a massage I mean, place. I, I love that because I think what that gets back to also is being around like-minded people, yeah. doing things that you that you all enjoy. Yeah. Um, and that's outside of just the, the business scope of things or, or, or here, but you're right about that. Now, my wife and I are also both into health and, and fitness. Yeah. We happen to like to, to work out separately because she yeah. has her group of friends. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still like to do the walks and, and other stuff. But there are certain recovery things that, that we do together and there are certain things that we do with our kids. But to your point, which I really like and identify with is look I meet or try one of my goals is always to try to meet guys in business you know let's meet for a workout okay or let's meet for breakfast or we could even meet at a place like this because we have similar interests other guys that like to work out Mm -hmm. whatever it is Mm -hmm. riding biking crossing it doesn't matter okay get up early Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Just as easy as there may be guys that want to meet for cigars and, and yeah. golf, yeah, yeah. you know, and drinks. But point being, whatever you're really into, yeah. you could that's where your networking yeah. you know, is, that's where your camaraderie yeah. is, that's where your like minded individuals yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's something inspirational about being around people that are also trying to be healthier, who are pushing themselves. Like I like the environment that is here because yeah. I see inspirational stories all the time. And it's, once again, not always the, the ungodly, you know, natural, God-given ability athlete that inspires me. Sure. It's a lot of the other folks that are maybe struggling with a little extra weight, but mm-hmm. I see how they're working through it. And I work out and do things with a lot of the customers here. Every franchisee that comes here seems to want to try to kill me in a workout. So, you know, I went <laughs> well, and did a... Well, they're coming to Austin, so they yeah, figure there's oh a gosh. lot of options and you got a place yeah. you can restore them. Yeah, know? so, so I, I took a guy yesterday, he took me to the gym and he was a former special ops guy in the military. He said, hey, let's do my workout. Once again, he's 30, I'm 49. And so I knew it was going to be a little bit of a beatdown, mm-hmm. but it was it was fun, and it it's something that, to be quite frank, I wouldn't have done without a little bit of pushing. Yeah, there were a couple times where I had to say to him, "Dude, I'm not doing that part of it. Like that that's off limits because mm-hmm. I know what that will do." But like I said, it pushed me a little. It was fun. It was it was a good way to sort of sort of see what what you know he was about, and I think he probably enjoyed seeing. Okay, I get it. This mm-hmm. this guy doesn't just say that we work hard and push and all that, you know, there's, there, there are environments that you learn about yourself and people that, that I think are sort of emblematic of health and fitness well, and, and all that. it's just positive, you know? That's right. There's it, nothing. It's, it's just positive. There's nothing wrong that's right. with, with waking up and, and, and being around 
positivity. Yeah. You know, you got a choice. Yeah. Okay, that's right. So you're you're around healthy and positive environments and healthy and positive people. Yeah, uh, that's that's really a good that's really a yeah. good thing. <laughs> no, I listen. The secret to life, in a lot of ways, is how do you keep yourself surrounded by good, healthy things and and people that keep you on the right path. Like, yeah. I've got my demons and I've got the things that I know I need to sort of stay away from and and having good friends, being in an environment like Restore every day, it helps me to do that. Like, yep. you know, my biggest vice is, is undoubtedly food. And, um, you know, I've literally had my staff say to me a couple of times, listen, you're the CEO of Restore. You have to be the ultimate example. By the way, you might want to you might want to drop 20 pounds and like, that's the kind of frank environment mm-hmm. we have here. And so it's like, all right, great. You're right. I do need to be a little better than I would otherwise have to be because of that. So, you know, I always say today's a, another day to, to be a little better. And so we're, we've got a little corporate thing going. I got kind of a group of five guys that we're doing something. We've all put a little money in a pot for people to hit mm-hmm. their goals and, and we all come in to restore afterwards, and it's fun. It's it's become like part of the friendship, social dynamic that is an important part of my my daily routine, which is great. Yeah. So it touches on an area also between kind of work and life, mm-hmm. you know, balance. Um, yeah, I was probably in the the worst shape I've been in in ten years. Yeah. You know, during the first two years that I opened my yeah. own fitness yeah, yeah, yeah. studio, yeah. because. You're putting in so much time. Mm-hmm. You know the days are starting at four, four thirty yeah. in the morning, and they're not ending yeah. when you're juggling different jobs and responsibilities. Yeah. They're not ending until ten, eleven o'clock yeah. at night. And you're coaching if you're coaching, yeah. or you're in there, so you're not working, working out, it, yeah. to all kinds of other. How do you, you know, how do you balance that? And obviously, you talked a little bit now about okay, hey, a little point I'm going to get myself back on track, yeah. a little ebb and flow, you know, a little bit. But how do you? balance you know what standard or how what do you, yeah. you hold yourself up to i i definitely um have been very unbalanced um this is a kind of a rocket ship we're on we're growing like crazy i mean you see the crazy activity around us on the corporate side the customer side so i, I definitely lucky we got the conference room okay <laughs> yeah it's hard to get this room um but it you know so so there, there's definitely that pull of you know work 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 but I just learned a long time ago that you you have to understand what it's all for. It's it's if it's if you lose sight of what it's all for, then you know I'm an entrepreneur for a few reasons. I'm an entrepreneur because I control my schedule. I'm an entrepreneur because I pick the people that I have to do business with. I'm an entrepreneur because I get to hire the employees, create the culture. And I have little things that I will always do. For instance, when I go to a site visit for a new franchisee, I will 100% of the time carve out a little time to enjoy something that is specific to that location. If I go to Boise, Idaho, I'm going to go for a hike. If I go to Denver, I'm going to go skiing or get on a mountain bike. Can't if I go to Northern, football field that's right, Boise, right, that's right. <laughs> if I go, if I go, you know, I, I might, if I go up nor, upstate New York, I'm going to try and go to a West Point game. If I go to Miami, I'm going to hit the beach. And so I have the one thing I have been pretty disciplined about is whenever I go to a place, meet new people, do site visits, I will carve out a portion of the day to do something that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten to experience. So that's one little thing. Um, 
I, I try in my daily routine. I'm going to read a chapter in a book of some sort. You know, I'm not the best at that, but I, I, I create little things that make me do it. Um, my daughter and I read a chapter every day together. And so when I don't do that in a day, my daughter literally, who's nine years old, comes up to me and says, Daddy, you didn't tell the truth today. And she'll say, you were supposed to read with me, and you promised, and you didn't. So I just try to create little fail-proof systems like mm-hmm. that that put a little bit of healthy pressure on, hey, I better read my chapter in my book with my daughter today. And she reads right beside me. It's not even like yeah. we're reading the same book. She's reading Harry Potter. I'm reading you know, the Zen of Motorcycle Maintenance or something <laughs> fun like that. But... I probably wouldn't do it if she didn't come and tug on me and say, all right, Daddy, it's time for us to go mm-hmm. do that. And, and that, 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 I think, is the best I can do. I, you know, I try not to overpromise. I try not to create these impossible constructs. There's no way I'm going to be able to sustain that. But little baby steps lead to bigger steps. Um, and, you know, I, I'm like everybody else. I have big goals and I fall short of them sometimes but I will say my life construct is aim really really high because if I fall a little short I still went pretty high compared to where I could have gone Mm -hmm. as opposed to I've got some partners that are you know under promise over deliver and I I definitely like that mantra on some level but I would much rather undershoot a really high goal than overshoot a really low goal so you know, what kind of things do you put in place to keep you accountable, you know, and, and make sure you're doing things that, you know, feel good. I mean, I, like I said, I, I go on, I go to Charlotte, North Carolina, which I've been to a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I will make sure I go to a restaurant I've never eaten at tomorrow when I go visit Charlotte. You know, I've done everything there, so, but it's one little thing. It's like, I'm going to do something that's unique on that trip, or it's not worth getting on a plane and... And, and spending time away from my, my family, my wife, sure. my kids, like that's a big sacrifice to me. So I'm going to make it worth it in some little way, no matter mm-hmm. where I go and what I do. Yep, good, good for you. You mentioned your nine-year-old daughter. More than other kids, other children? So I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have an 11-year-old son, and okay. they're like any kids. They're unique in their own ways. They're both extremely athletic and driven. They're both really smart, clever, wonderful human beings. Uh, my son is definitely more myopic about has to be doing sports, would probably pit, play Fortnite for 20 straight hours if I would let him. My daughter is perfectly content to do the same things, but also she'll grab a book and go read for three hours without having to tell her. Um, They are, you know, unambiguously something that drives me. I make them come to restore and, and, and they work at the front desk sometimes. They fold socks. They see what work is. They see what being an entrepreneur is. My son every day asks me questions about how the business did. He asks me how many customers we had, how many, how much money we do, and he asks me questions that I have to sort of temper because I don't necessarily want him running to fifth grade <laughs> the next day and say, "Hey, my daddy did that," you know, or that's, anything uh, like that. So cool. Is he a Shark Tank guy yet? He he likes Shark Tank, and um, you know they have a little business. Um, they have a, they raise bees and and honey and. Oh, wow. And they've created a little honey brand called Grafella Honey. And they put together a presentation. They presented it to relatives. They raised money for it. 
they sell to their friends and, and classmates. And when they want something, it comes out of their budget and their... And so that, that you know, there's a lot of wonderful reasons for pushing them to do that. And to be fair, I had to push them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But once they kind of got the, the sort of taste of it, they took it and ran with it and made it their own. And, and um, that comes from being in a family of entrepreneurs and... You know. I think this also you lead by example, you know, a little yeah. bit, and they see that it, it, it's super cool to hear you say. You know, my boys are fifteen and twelve, mm-hmm. and I started to kind of sense that they were getting interested in in business and different. Yep. When I I looked at the TV and I then they were watching back to back against Shark yeah. Tank, you yeah, know, episodes, yeah. and then oh, great. they were starting to ask me, you know, similar questions about mm-hmm. to think about money, you know, mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit a little bit differently. Um, so, okay, well, what can we do? And my older one now just got a whole lesson on QuickBooks from, yeah, yeah, from his great. aunt oh, because awesome. he started a little business too. Mm-hmm. He's saying, no, 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 no. We got to talk about your net, yeah. you know, and, and your cost yeah. of goods. And if, yeah. you know, if you're shipping that and you use that yeah. FedEx account, yeah. you know, it, yeah. that doesn't count. You know, That's go, not free. Right. Someone go and do the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's, uh, it's cool to see. Was... Did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family? Were you close to your family? Did you yeah. see this also? I'm super close to my family. My father has supported me in every business venture, not from a financial perspective, more an emotional perspective. Mm-hmm. He was an army officer. My mom was a school teacher, so we didn't have a ton of extra and money. Were you military also? I was an army officer as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I paid for school. Um, but my dad was always trying things on the side. So even when he was in the army, he had the little side businesses. When he got out, he was an entrepreneur. And, you know, he was kind of wacky. We, we had a propane-powered car when I was a kid. We would drive across country from California to South Carolina every holiday. And we'd have to go find propane. And you don't find propane the way you find gas. <laughs> we'd have to get off the highway. We'd have to go to a farm. And we'd have to knock on a door. And they'd be having dinner. And... You know, a propane run would turn into a three-hour dinner in some random farmhouse in Iowa. My dad had commercial fishing boats. And, you know, many of these things were complete financial disasters, but he always kept trying. He he has a, a spirit about him. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have. You talked about... I do get emotional about my dad because he's got a very bad form of cancer right now. Mm. And to this day, he still has the most optimistic sort of spirit about him. He's still, he's going to go down trying something, pushing something. Um, his dream is to have a restore in Ann Arbor that the University of Michigan football players are using and all that. And so the beautiful thing about the position I'm in now is we're going to make that happen and we're going to do until the day he dies we're going to keep pushing and doing stuff so so it's been super cool to be able to actually do some things to give back to my dad cuz like i said it wasn't money that he, that, it, that was important like like i said we didn't have that much money but he he was always like there as a supporter and the little bit of money he did have he would give um it was great 
Look, it's it's super super touching. Uh, sorry to hear that he's he's ill right now. Uh, is Ann Arbor where he lives and, and where so are from? Why Ann Arbor? So when he was a military kid, I was a military kid. You move around a lot. You don't have a lot of things in your life that are steady. So for whatever reason, he latched on to Michigan football. He brainwashed me. I brainwashed my kid. Hopefully, you know, one of us will actually go there one day. Um, but we followed it avidly for many years. Um, and I think that's just a function of having moved around so much. But, but he, about three years ago when he got his first type of cancer, he said, you know, you never know, life's short. So for the last three football seasons, he's moved to Ann Arbor at the beginning of the season. He's gone to all the home games. He has really good seats. At the last game's over, the next day he drives back to Texas and he lives here full time. But he's like, I'm not going to not have fun with this you know, and, and wallow in my sort of misery. And so he, he just got back, obviously, a couple months ago. Um, but, but he's done that now for three years. That's incredible. And, and we didn't talk about this going in, but I went to University of Michigan. Yeah, oh, cool, in, cool. In no, that's great. Uh, and that's so great. did my younger brother. No, that's great. Um, so go blue. We are yes. huge, huge fans. We, we bleed, bleed blue. Yeah. And Ann Arbor is really a special, special yeah. place. And I take my son up there. We go to games. I, I really love it in the summer, to be quite honest with mm -hmm. you, more than any other time. Like today, my dad and I have gone back and forth three or four times about the coaches that have left <laughs> and why and how could they possibly leave Michigan to go to Ohio State and things like that. So... It's just one of those things that no matter what, my dad and I could always talk about that. Mm -hmm. There were times, you know, when you're younger, you, you don't necessarily listen to your dad about some things. As you get older, you realize, well, shit, man, like I am my dad, maybe a different version of him. But like a lot of what I am is because of him. And I wish I could talk about that more with him. But the reality of it is it's a lot easier to talk about Michigan football than it is to talk about sort of real deep things and that's kind of our deal for better or worse um but it's cool yeah the undercurrent is always there though you know the yeah. depth is always there yeah regardless of, of the subject matter yeah. um yeah i had a great relationship with my father also wish it was longer you yeah know, certainly um love taking my son back to ann arbor also for a Michigan Ohio State football game, it was better when we were winning. Yep, I'd more like of them, to. I'd for, like for to sure. win one. That's we for will, sure. We it's will time. get that. We'll get that. Uh, we'll get that <laughs> all right. all turned around. It is but, time. It's time to start winning those. That's for sure. Yes, you talked about. You said two things earlier. One was, what's it for? You know, like mm -hmm. what, what's it? On? And the other was about setting your goals and setting yep. really really high. So it, it's a two-parter that, you know, what is this for? Yep. And what are those, those goals that you've set? Yeah, so, so this is a generational thing for us. Um, my partners and I, we've done very well. We have a wonderful life. Making a little more money literally doesn't change a single thing for us. We live in nice homes. We have beautiful families. I travel the way I want to travel. It's all good. But but I do want to leave a little bit of a legacy. Uh, I do want to 
do something that I'm very proud of. I do want to do something that my kids can relate to and enjoy. So there's a lot of these intangible sort of reasons and goals. And, and I'm a firm believer if you have talent, um, it's even more criminal to not use that talent for good things than for someone who perhaps maybe has a little less talent. Um, so we do take it upon ourselves to tackle what we consider big issues. Clearly, we're tackling big issues at Restore around pain and all this other stuff. Um, you know, on a financial level, we're big believers that financial success follows doing the right thing in the right way and running a good business. Um, we want to build a billion-dollar business. It's point blank. We talk about that. We talk about the steps to get there. We talk about where we're at. We talk about where we need to be next year. Um, we are tracking exactly the way we want to. We know that we'll have lots of choices to make along the way. Um, and once again, if we make it to half of that, if we make it to three quarters of that, that's still pretty damn good. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we do have financial goals. We want to have a national footprint with Restore. Um, I want to continue to, um, you know, measure our success and how many people we've helped mm -hmm. as opposed to how many dollars we've earned. And then, like I said, along the way, we've got financial goals that take care of themselves. And, and I'm very proud when I talk to my friends and family about what I do for a living. Um, I can be at a party, and, and when people start talking about what they do, I can, I can tell you Restore is one of those things people want to talk about. Um, and I inevitably see them in, in one of our locations shortly thereafter. I try not to be like a used car salesman where mm -hmm. when you saw mm -hmm. here comes Jimmy, he's going to talk about Restore. It's not like that. I don't ever want to be that guy. Um, but I, like I said, I always want to be proud of it. Um, I, I'll do it until I don't enjoy doing it anymore. And I used to have a life construct that every seven years I wanted to do something completely different. And if you lay out the companies I've done, they're very diverse and very different. They all happen to be tied to an important aspect or phase of my life. But this is the one thing that um, I... I've, there's so many tentacles to it. There's so many directions, so many things that we want to pursue. I actually don't think this will be a seven-year thing. I think this might be the one that takes me quite a bit further. And I feel my own mortality. I want to solve some of that for as long as I can. I want to feel 20 years younger. Um, so, you know, like I said, on a physical level, on a longevity level, on a just feeling good about what I'm doing level, on a financial level, the nice thing about what I'm doing today is those all are very cohesively integrated and I don't have to kind of sell my soul on one aspect of that to make a little more money or, or not make as much money but do something that I just absolutely hate. Um, so anyway, and we see a lot of folks that come in that, to be quite honest with you, I think it's one of the biggest issues in society. It's you got a limited time and people have financial responsibilities, but they simply don't do something they care about. And they wake up and it's, and it's a little, in their mind, too late to change that. Either because they feel like, well, I can't possibly change now, I make too much money, or I can't possibly change now because I don't know enough about anything else, or I can't possibly change now because I don't have the energy to start something new. But the reality of it is you can build something really great in a relatively short amount of time. That's what I love about America. Like you can, you can change your trajectory many times over in a lifetime. And it's, it's great. 
And awesome, awesome stuff. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast today. No, my pleasure. Thank you. I feel better being in here. I feel better listening to you, hearing the story, hearing the message, learning so much more about you and Restore. Uh, Where do we find Restore? How do we check you guys out if we want to make sure that everybody out there knows it? Web, so, social, yeah, web, restorecryotherapy.com is the easiest way to find us. Um, and then there's a location pull down. We're, we've got 20 locations now. We'll have 100 locations by the end of 2019. So we will be in a community near you wherever you are by the end of this year. Restore wellness, restore cryotherapy, blowing up. Find it, check it out. Uh, Reach out if you got questions or need anything at all. Jim Donnelly, CEO, founder of Restore. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Amazing man. stuff. I enjoyed talking. The Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman was presented by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit innsgroup.net.